It's your host, Addison. Welcome to a brand new edition of From the Jump. This is episode 95. Episode 95 of From the Jump. And if this is your first time listening, I want to say thank you for tapping in. Thank you for tuning in to the Live and Sports Podcast on the web right now. Man, of course, I got to start off today's show with a couple of shout outs. I want to first shout out to my baby sister. Yes, my baby sister. She graduated from college. So, of course, I want to shout her out because, of course, we've been gone for a class couple of days and a couple people have been asking me, DMing me, like, yo, where you been at with a new podcast at? So, of course, you know, I've been gone the past couple of days. So, of course, it's always sports that's on television. So, of course, you know, I watch sports. I watch the NFL. I, I saw what's going on. So, I'm very aware of what's happening right now with the New England Patriots. And we got a lot to talk about. But, of course, I want to start off that I want to shout out my sister from graduating college. Of course, that is a big deal. Everybody in my family does have a college degree. So, of course, that is always good 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 news but of course like i said shout out to my sister for graduating college this weekend of course i had a chance to go out there and visit the fam you know got to get to catch up with everybody so of course it was good times good times sister graduated so of course i'm back in the studio back in the studio with my engineer eric on the ones and twos hooking it up couldn't wait to get back he was texting me all weekend like yo you watching the games He's just blowing my phone up like dang bro you know i'm watching the games but of course you know we gotta start off today's show talking about drew Brees. And, of course, on Monday night, Drew Brees broke Peyton Manning's passing record touchdown. 19 straight completions now for Drew Brees that ties his career high in a game. But I think he's searching for another mighty mark. Will he get it here? Yes! Touchdown pass, 5-4-0 in the 5-0-4. Now, on Monday night, Drew Brees set himself apart in the NFL passing history and made himself the number one quarterback for the passing record. Now, Breeze broke the NFL record for career touchdown passes by NFL player by throwing his third touchdown on Monday night, which overall ended up being his 540th touchdown overall, which now leapfrogs him over Peyton Manning, who was sits at 539. Um, and of course, this this happened against the Indianapolis Colts, a team that Peyton Manning happened to play for. Now, with that being said, of course, Drew Brees being in the league 19 years has also set the NFL single game completion percentage um, with a 29 out of 30 pressing type performance. So, again, Drew Brees actually set a couple records on Monday night. Now, with that being said, because I know a lot of people ran straight to the GOAT conversation, and that's what we do every time somebody breaks a record in this modern era of, of, you know, records really being broken because, of course, players will be playing a lot longer, the, the passing offenses, just everything within the game nowadays are basically set up for players to break the records that were set by these great Hall of Fame legends. And of course, back during those times, the game wasn't as catered towards offensive players as was opposed to defensive players. But nevertheless, I'm not going to take anything away from Drew Brees being the overall all-time leader in passing touchdowns in the NFL. But at the end of the day, we honestly can be prisoners of the moment. Now, what me and Eric did was because we curated a list and we argued. We argued about this list up and down, up and down. But I, I wanted to know, honestly, is Drew Brees really a top-five quarterback? I'm going to say no, he's not a top-five quarterback. And I can even go really as far as to say that I don't believe he's a top-ten quarterback, though I feel like he is an arguably, you know, in that conversation. But here's the curated list that I had. And of course, if anybody has anything that they want to dispute, they can hit me up on all my social media at Addison Speaks, A-D-D-I-S-O-N Speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S on Twitter. It's the number one in front of the name and then it's just Addison Speaks. So it's the same thing on Instagram and also Twitter. If you disagree and or you can, you know what I'm saying? You can hit me up personally if you have my number. But here's my top 10 quarterback list of all time. 
And this is in no specific order. But, of course, Tom Brady has to go number one. Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, Steve Young, Troy Aikman, Roger Starback, Terry Bradshaw, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. And then at number 10, I could then put Drew Brees. Now, hear me out, and here's the reason why Drew Brees is ultimately at the bottom of this list. I've seen Tom Brady come back down from 28-3 to and also win multiple Super Bowls. So that kind of sets himself apart. Again, I didn't watch Joe Montana play, but, of course, his resume to five Super Bowls of course, the, what he meant to the overall game, it, it goes without saying. Joe Montana's number two. Again, third paid Manning. For him to ultimately win two Super Bowls with two different teams, that really goes without saying. Of course, really having the passing touchdown record until Drew Brees recently just broke it at on 539. And again, as I said, taking the Indianapolis Colts franchise to the Super Bowl and then also coming as a free agent to the Denver Broncos and taking them to the Super Bowl, you know, to me, you know, again, I could be wrong, but to me, makes Peyton Manning number two. Really number three on this list, but really should be number two. Of course, Steve Young, he's won multiple championships with the 49ers and has won also multiple MVPs as well. Troy Eggman, another one. Roger Starback, two Dallas Cowboys great. <laughs> I'm a little biased here, but you get the picture. Two of those Dallas Cowboys greats have won also multiple championships as well. Terry Bradshaw and what he means for the Pittsburgh Steelers organization has won multiple championships as well. But even to get to the modern era quarterbacks and the guys playing right now, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. And I know a lot of people are going to sit here and say, well, Drew Brees has been playing longer than Russell Wilson. Yeah, but <laughs> Russell Wilson has taken his team multiple times to the Super Bowl and has won a Super Bowl. And don't tell me Drew Brees has won a Super Bowl because he has won a Super Bowl way back when. But since that Super Bowl way back when, what has Drew Brees really done for me lately? And in the biggest games and in the biggest moments, he has not lifted that New Orleans Saints football team to another Super Bowl. And again, I can say the same thing for Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers has gotten the Green Bay Packers to at least a couple of NFC Championship games. Ultimately, one year he ran into a red-hot Atlanta Falcons team. Another year, I think he ran into a red-hot Seattle Seahawks team, red-hot Carolina Panthers team one year. So again, Aaron Rodgers has had to go through, you know, a few teams, if you will. However, in no way, shape, or form has Drew Brees, in the 19 years he's been in the NFL, they consider one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league. It's always, and even in his division, he's never been considered one of the top quarterbacks. It's always been Matt Ryan was a better quarterback. Cam Newton, for a stretch of period of time, was a better quarterback. Again, Tom Brady was always and really been considered for the past decade really the greatest quarterback, really since Peyton Manning has kind of retired, the best, arguably the best quarterback in the league. So as it stands right now, Drew Brees has not been considered the top quarterback in the league, Drew Brees, has not won an NFL MVP. And again, I know that's a little bit biased. Aaron Rodgers has one. Peyton Manning has a couple. Tom Brady has a couple. You catch my drift? Russell Wilson does not have one to date, but will get one eventually. So for me, as it stands right now, Drew Brees, I can't put in that top five conversation. And even in the top ten conversation, to me, it's arguable. I'm just saying. But of course, keeping with the NFL, because it's always drama, even after the Sunday and Monday games transpired. The 2020 Pro Bowls were announced, and of course, the Baltimore Ravens led the way. And of course, they said that the Baltimore Ravens led the NFL with 12 selections to the Pro Bowl, which tied for the most ever in an initial roster release. Now, and again, I need everybody to hear me. The Baltimore Ravens do have 12 guys, and of course, we'll go through the 12 guys that were selected. We'll, we'll be representing the Baltimore Ravens. But if they go to the Super Bowl, then of course, all the alternates for those positions will get filled in. But the 12, of course, as we already know, of course, Lamar Jackson 
will be leading the way. But, of course, Ronnie Staley, offensive tackle, offensive guard, Marshall Yonda, tight end Mark Andrews, running back Mark Ingram, fullback Patrick Richard, outside linebacker Matt Juden, quarterback, cornerbacks Marcus Peterson and Marlon Humphreys, Earl Thomas, Justin Tucker, and, of course, as I said, Lamar Jackson was spearheading the way. And, of course, long snapper Morgan Cox. So those are all the 12 Baltimore Ravens that will be selected for the Pro Bowl. And I guess this is, they said that this is tied for the most players ever from one specific team. And again, of course, this could all change. If, in fact, they're going to end up going to the Super Bowl, none of these guys, of course, they got the Pro Bowl nod, but none of these guys will be participating in the Pro Bowl because they will be having playing in the Super Bowl. Of course, some other notable names um, that stood out was Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes were also some of the top vote-getters. Um, now, they also were some snubs that on this list. Tom Brady was also a snub. That Prescott did not make the snub. Now, of course, this was Tom Brady's first time missing the Pro Bowl since 2008, which technically, I mean, in a sense, it could be a good thing and a bad thing, right? Like, I mean, it could be a good thing because if if he doesn't end up going to the Pro Bowl, which means, if I mean, ultimately, if he does end up, you know, not going to the Pro Bowl, ultimately, they'll be playing in the Super Bowl. So it'll be justified. But again, we got to be keep it real. Tom Brady, statistically, he hasn't had a great year, right? Like, let's be real. He hasn't had a great year compared to Lamar Jackson, compared to Russell Wilson, even compared to like Aaron Rodgers, right? Like he hasn't had a great statistical year this year. And this was the year Tom Brady was going to get snubbed. But of course, Tom Brady, so his mind, the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl MVP would be way more important. And also now this is feel because now he kind of can see, man, nobody really voted me to be in the Pro Bowl. I'm one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. How is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time not a Pro Bowl, not even selected to the Pro Bowl? That's that's a shame. And at the end of the day, Dak Prescott, how do you not have the Dallas quarterback in there? But I also know that for a lot of those vote-getters, they're probably looking at the Dallas Cowboys this year as an up-and-down football team. And at the end of the day, they kind of really look at numbers. And this is a fan vote type of deal. So when you got Lamar Jackson and you got Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, come on, it's, it's going to be hard to get votes away from no guy. But, of course, some other notable guys on the AFC roster, again, as I said, uh, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson will also be the quarterbacks for the AFC. Travis Kelsey for the tight end, uh, running back Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram. On the defensive side of the football, Joey Bosa, Frank Clark, Calais Campbell, Von Miller, TJ Watt, Darius Hightower. Uh, the starting cornerbacks will be Stephon Gilmore for the New England Patriots, Darius White plays for the Buffalo Bills, who's having a hell of a season, having a hell of a season, which, by the way, I understand Earl Thomas and Jamal Adams made the Pro Bowl, but Tyra Matthew had to have been in the Pro Bowl. I'm sorry. Somehow, someway, Tyra Matthew needs to be in the Pro Bowl. He's having arguably one of the greatest defensive seasons that we've been seeing outside of him and Stephon Gilmore. Those two guys really have been head and shoulders above everybody else. So I, I don't know how we can do that. Again, he was another snub. I know we talked about Brady and Dak, but he's also another snub that didn't get picked for the Pro Bowl as well. And, of course, on the NFC side, the quarterbacks will be Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers. Some of the running backs, Dalvin Cook. But I think Dalvin Cook was just hurt. So I don't know if Dalvin Cook will be a participant or not. Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott from the Dallas Cowboys, Kyle Jujeksic, uh for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, some notable st defensive players, uh, Cameron Jordan, Nick Bosa, uh, rookie. I feel like rookie, defensive rookie of the year this year by far. Um, Daniel Hunter, interior lineman, and uh, Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox, Grady Jarrett. And, of course, the starting cornerbacks will be Marshawn Lattimore, Richard Sherman, Darius Slay, and also Jalen Ramsey, uh, Buda Baker, Eddie Jackson are some of the defensive uh, safeties, and also Harrison Smith 
from the Minnesota Vikings. So again, so those are some of the guys or the notable names from the AFC and also from the NFC. And again, of course, there's always notable snubs. Um, but there are two teams this year that will not have players, which are the New York Giants and also the Miami Dolphins. But don't go anywhere. Up next on From the Jump, we will talk Zion Williamson. And should the New Orleans Pelicans just sit him out this season? Stay tuned. It's From the Jump. Right now, there is more private information on your phone than in your home. Think about that. So many details about your life right in your pocket. This makes privacy more important now than ever. Your location, your messages, your heart rate after a run, these are private things, personal things, and they should belong to you. Simple as that. What does it mean? Clearly it means you should combine your home and auto with State Farm. Eh, it's a weird interpretation. Yes, sir, 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 yes, sir. We are streaming live in FTJ Studios. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, man. I'm feeling good. Feeling refreshed, man. I had to take that trip to the to the ATL, man. I feel refreshed. Feeling refreshed, man. Shout out to Georgia. Shout out to the AZ. I'm missing that Waffle House. I need to get back Waffle House again. You know what I'm saying? But uh, anyway, nevertheless, nevertheless, NBA scores from last night. NBA scores from last night. Charlotte Hornets defeated Sacramento Kings 110-102. to The Indiana Pacers snapped the Los Angeles Lakers 14-game win streak 105-102. to A game in which LeBron James was 8-for-20 last night. Did have five turnovers. Uh, not a particularly great game for the Los Angeles Lakers last night, but hey. You know, the Lakers are 24-4, and four, so again, I'm, I'm really mum. And I really haven't been watching the Los Angeles Lakers this season. But after Christmas, we're going to be tapped in. The New York Knicks defeated the Atlanta Hawks yesterday, 143-120, to a game in which Vince Carter was his last time in the Madison Square Garden. I'll take a listen. It's going to be it. He's going to get his last ovation, and so deserving. Played more seasons in the NBA than anyone in league history. And checking in for his last game at Madison Square Garden for Atlanta, number 15, Vince Carter. I don't know what's going on with the Atlanta Hawks, man. This team is 6-22. and I thought this was going to be the year Trey Young took a step forward, which he is taking a step forward in scoring-wise. He did score 42 last night, but this team just is stuck in the mud. And I know Lloyd Pierce is not on the hot seat, but we all know how this goes. Somebody's going to have to be the fall guy for this mess in Atlanta and for these players ultimately not developing. And Cam Reddish, I'm sorry, isn't turning out to be the player that they thought ultimately that he was going to be. So it's ultimately going to be Lloyd Pierce, but the Atlanta Hawks did lose last night. 143 to 120 to the New York Knicks, which, by the way, did hire the old Cleveland Cavaliers coach, David Blatt, which actually wasn't a bad coach. But again, 
when you're on with LeBron and y'all not winning and things aren't going right, somebody's going to take the blame and it's typically always the coach. But nevertheless, the New York Knicks did defeat the Atlanta Hawks 143-120. to The New York Nets defeated the, the New Orleans Pelicans in overtime 108-101. to The Utah Jazz defeated the Orlando Magic 109-102. And the Los Angeles Clippers spanked the Phoenix Suns last night 120-99. Speaking of the New Orleans Pelicans, a team that which did lose, as I said, to the Brooklyn Nets, 108-101 in overtime, did happen to see Zion Williamson take the court again. Now, of course, they said that Zion Williamson is back to weight-bearing exercises, which I guess is good. But at this point right now, Zion Williamson is still not close to highly his highly anticipated NBA debut. Now, of course, after making such progress, David Griffin said that he is not ready to put Zion Williamson back on the court. We're really excited about where he's at. He's made really good progress. I know we've reached that eight-week point and everybody's ready to see him. I think we're a little ways away yet, but today was a really big first step. He's at an important time for him because he's now fully weight-bearing. So if we're going to see a setback, we would see it now. Now, of course, Zion Williamson, 19 years old, was the number one pick in the 2019 NBA draft, but did undergo knee surgery in October. Now, of course, his six to eight weeks is up now. Now, of course, he is back on the court. He is doing some shooting. But to me, to what extent was Zion Williamson really injured? To what extent are they really not telling us what's really going on with Zion Williamson? Because I know at one point they said in summer league that I know he was a little overweight and then he had to get in shape and that he was having some knee issues. But what exactly is wrong with Zion Williamson's knee? I know he had the issue in college and I don't know if Duke really disclosed all the information in that situation either. So again, we could be dealing with a, a nagging injury, but what truthfully is the injury right now with Zion Williamson? I mean, again, I understand that we all are saying he has to lose weight and that they, I think they're saying he is... Right now, the third heaviest player in the NBA. But there have been a lot of other number one picks that have set out, you know, their rookie season due to injury. And here are a couple of people that have came to mind off the jump. Was First was Greg Oden. Remember, Greg Oden was the same way. He was a top pick coming out of Ohio State. A little bit different. He's a seven-footer who had bad knees at Ohio State. But again, different situation. But before the start of his rookie season, had fractured his right knee, which required season-injuring microscopic surgery, which I think ultimately is kind of the same thing I guess Zion Williamson is going through now. But I guess his wasn't season-ending. And again, Greg Oden never really got his footing. Also, another guy that came to mind was Blake Griffin. Remember, Blake Griffin went out basically the final game of the preseason. Um, he injured his kneecap, and then he missed his entire rookie season. Same thing for Ben Simmons, except for Ben Simmons had a foot injury, which kept him out basically his entire rookie season. And then he ended up coming back and winning rookie of the year. And then Joel Embiid, which suffered the foot injury, which hampered the Sixers for two years, which ultimately he dubbed trust the process. And then when he came back, he ultimately has been playing great basketball ever since. So what Zion Williamson is going through isn't anything new. We're seeing other guys go through it. We've seen, I'm sorry, we've seen other guys go through this before. However, I guess with Zion Williamson and what exactly he does well, I guess he does have to have good knees. And in this situation, I guess the New Orleans Pelicans are looking at their future and saying, look, for the next five to 10 years, we cannot ruin it basically by trying to put him back on the court and rushing him back onto the basketball court. If that means ultimately that the, the New Orleans Pelicans should shut him down, which is ultimately where I'm at with this situation, is I think they should just shut it down for the entire year. If you want to save your investment for the next five to 10 years, I say shut it down. Now, Jalen Rose had a different take on Jalen Jacoby, and he feels that Zion Williamson 
won't be playing long in the NBA. Y'all take a listen to what Jalen Rose had to say on his podcast. I have a high level of concern. Anytime you're 19 years old, you can pay to play basketball in the NBA and you're not able to perform due to injury. You're not able to play in summer league. You get injured during at Duke and you're injured in high school. And it's always sad to me to believe that a guy this young, so very talented, I can't wait to watch him play basketball, will probably never play 82 games in his career. I agree, while I can agree with Jalen Rose's take on his podcast, I had to disagree on this one. And this is the reason why I'm going to have to disagree. And as I said, I've just given you four or five other guys that have come before Zion Williamson had, that have been hurt, that have come back and played exceptionally well. I mean, outside of Greg Oden, Blake Griffin went on to have a hell of a career, you know, has played in the Olympics, dunk contest. So Blake Griffin went on to have a great career. Ben Simmons, as we're seeing, is having a good career so far. Joel Embiid, from what we've seen, even though on a lot of nights he doesn't really play a whole lot of back-to-backs, he is out from time to time, is having a, a, a hell of a career as well. So again, I don't want to panic here on Zion Williamson. I know a lot of people are going to panic because we've never seen something like Zion Williamson, and we want to see ultimately Zion Williamson on the court. But I think we should all just pump the brakes and allow Zion Williamson to get his knee right. And if that means he has to sit out his freshman year or rookie season in the NBA, so be it. But I think he gave us enough of a sample at Duke of what he could really be. Again, this is not a guy that is going to be a great shooter in the league, but this is a guy who is going to be all athleticism and ultimately is going to be able to give you, you know, anywhere between 15 to 18 points on a given night. Because again, this is a league where you can dominate the paint. You can dominate the paint. They're going to foul you. You're going to get to the free throw line. And he's shown to this point, even in college, that he was a decent free throw shooter. So if he can anywhere between 70, 80% in that free throw range, he can anywhere average 18 to 20 points in the league, which can have a nice career. Again, he'll probably participate in a dunk contest at some point. So we will get to see Zion Williamson at his best. But I just think right now for this rookie season, if he hasn't played up until this point, it's almost December. If he doesn't have any significant improvement between now and towards the end of this year, you know, basically between the end of this month, going into the top of the new year, I just sit him out. And, and, and at, you know, at this point, we're not, we're not playing for anything. You enter the lottery next year. Hopefully, you're able to get LaMelo Ball or, or one of the top players coming out of next year's draft. And then you can build around Zion Williamson, and he'll have a hell of a rookie season next year. But I just think the New Orleans Pelicans at this point should play it safe because they've already lost Anthony Davis, which was their franchise. And we're seeing what he's doing with the Los Angeles Lakers. They can't ruin this one with Zion Williamson. But, of course, we talked about a lot on today's podcast. Go follow me on all my social media at Addison Speaks. We are streaming on all we are streaming on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, iHeartMedia, Stitcher, so wherever podcasts are streaming and are available, definitely go listen to us. Definitely tap in and continue to tell a friend to tell a friend. But it's your host, Addison. We out.